Welcome back to the Exploring Growth Podcast. So glad you're here. If you are a marketing leader and you are exploring ABM, account-based marketing, and you want to kind of dive a little deeper, this is the episode for you. All right, we're back, Exploring Growth Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Katrine Rasmussen. And um, she's actually out in Copenhagen, which is cool. It's like 7.30 p.m. her time there and 1.30 in the afternoon. So I'm barely getting into my work day and you're about to hit, <laughs> go to sleep. But uh, yeah, so thanks, Katrine, for being on. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about this conversation. So we were introduced by Laura Erdem um, from Dream Data, which was a great conversation. And um, and you know, anybody's a friend of uh, Laura. Laura is a friend of mine at this point because she's so you know fantastic at what she does. Uh, so we're here, and we were discussing, you know, what should we talk about that could bring some value to our audience? And we kind of landed on this idea of talking about um, ABM or account-based marketing. And um, so to kind of set this up, I, I think this really is going to be really hugely valuable for the marketing director, marketing VP, and even CMOs that are listening um, at mid-level companies who are looking to get in front of and market themselves, sell themselves through to specific accounts. Um, and generally those are going to be enterprise level, but you can take the same approach for a smaller type of company. Um, so if that's you, you know, buckle in. I think we're going to have a good uh, conversation about ABM marketing and the framework in which um, a team should think about it. So with that, you know, um, I have a little bit of experience with ABM. I've, I've you know, worked with supported teams that have deployed ABM, um, but I'm by far not the expert on ABM. And so I'm glad to have you here today to talk through it and to sort of break it down for us. Let's start there. Where, what, what do you think about ABM as it relates to what you're doing in your world and your team? How would you describe what is ABM? Right. Um, great question to start us <laughs> off. Um, well, account-based marketing, um, I think probably the most important thing to know um, is that it's it's sort of it's sort of an opposite approach to uh, more traditional inbound. Um, mm. You could um, I hear this analogy all the time, right? Where inbound is basically fishing with a net. Um, mm -hmm. You're going out, you're throwing a big net out, um, and you'll see what you are able to catch. You'll probably spend a lot of time sorting through all the um, leads that are coming through until you find the leads that is a good match with what you do and your company. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a lot of resources, right, that you spend on um, just getting the net out and sorting through all the big fish or sorry, all the all the small fish all the small that are coming fish, yeah. through, right? Yeah. Whereas um, account based, um, sort of the opposite is sort of um, fishing for whales with a spear, right? Uh, not mm. only do you know what type of whale that you're going for uh, before mm. you even get started, um, you probably know the name of the whale. It's it's a specific <laughs> whale that you're going after, right? And yep. you know that specific whale is a really good fit with what you're looking for, and you know that that whale might is going to be able to feed you and your family for years to come. Um, yes. So that I, I really like that analogy. Um, and so, so that's what we do at, at Pixels. Um, ABM is, is a great framework for us because uh, we work um, relatively large enterprise accounts uh, because we know that they are the best fit with the service that we offer. Um, mm -hmm. So instead of um, doing 
more traditional inbound where we're just like sitting back um, trying to attract these leads through um, content, through paid search, organic, all of that. Before we even get started on um, our marketing, we know exactly who we're going after. And that's like, that's basically just a named list of uh, target accounts of mm -hmm. actual companies that we know that would be a great fit for our service and for what we do. And because we have, I mean, we have a, like, I'm, I'm sure all listeners here, right? Everyone has a, a limited um, resources, a limited team, right? Um, so uh, for us, at least, uh, we feel like that's the best use of our limited time and resources. It's basically to go out and do very customized, very personalized marketing toward the exact um, accounts that we know would be a great fit for what, what we do, what we offer. Yeah, that's great. That's such a great explanation. And I love the analogy of fishing. You know, it's exciting to think about on the outset, because it's almost like you can become as a marketer more of a scientist or an explorer, right? Where, yeah, you know, you get this analogy of hunting a whale. Well, it's almost like not only do you know the type of whale, but you know that it's actual name and you know where it lives or where it last was. Yeah. And you're going to put your boat right on top of the waters where you think it's going to be. And then you want to know everything about the whale past yeah. its name. You want to know its exactly. weight. You want to know how fast it, it runs. You want to know all the details because the more that you can know about the intricacies of the organization and how they make decisions and all of that, those things, those are all become power, you know, empowering to you and your team to do what you do to put the right things in front of them. Yeah. So I think and that's, that's such a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. And I like how you take it even further because that's exactly what we do, right? For mm -hmm. um, a lot of these accounts that we go after, we will have a very good understanding of what are the pain, point, pain points. Mm -hmm. um, what is the type of content that we need to get in front of them for them to be to see us, uh, to get their attention? Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So that's a great start. And I think for anybody who doesn't know what ABM is now, you have a pretty good, pretty clear picture. Now, you're going to go whale hunting. Um, we're not throwing nets anymore. But all the other stuff that, you know, not that, you know, inbound and content marketing and SEO and all the things, that's not, it's still good. That's all going to add to it as sort of a foundational thing. Um, Absolutely. But, but as you're building an ABM strategy um, to, to go after a whale or five or 10 whales, maybe, um, what are what are some of the major components that, you know, you should think about is as you're sort of building a framework. Right. Um, it's definitely a few things here. Um, probably the most important one, um, I'd say is sales and sales and marketing alignment. Um, mm. so ABM, just the name, right. It sort of implies that this is a marketing strategy and it's not, it's really not, this is mm. a business strategy. It's a go to market strategy. Yes. And if you think that as, as a marketing person, right, if you're sitting there in your silos and you think that this is something that you can do by yourself, you're dead wrong. You need your um, sales team involved in this. Um, Cause this gotta be a strategy that um, marketing team, sales team, potentially even the CS team, right? Something that you do together, um, at least the way we do it, the way we work with it, um, for the account plans where we go um, one, uh, where, where we do like very specific, very customized one-to-one -one ABM mm -hmm. um, 
um, campaigns just mm-hmm. toward one single company. That is um, something that we do with the sales team uh, because most of the time it's the sales team that will have come to us and they'll have said, so uh, there's this um, account, it's out there. Um, can we work together on a strategy to get their attention to um, speed up the sales process? How, how can we work together? So for me, at least, it's... it's um, it's it's uh, very much a sales enablement strategy um, yes. when when we know uh, the companies that we're going after. So it's gotta be something that you do with the sales team. We actually like to call it ABX, not ABM, just ah, to like um, yeah, just to signal that. Um, yeah. So that's like account based experiences or account based everything. Yes, I love that. I, I think that's such a great way to do it, knowing how how much sales and marketing teams are already not aligned when it comes to yeah. regular marketing efforts. So to do that, it's almost like you're forming a new team. Um, yes. You know, that's part of us are, some of us are quote unquote marketers. Some of us are quote unquote sales. Um, so that's a great start because marketing and sales alignment really kind of is the fabric, you know, like it, you have to have that underlayment in order to make any progress. Cause if there's miscommunication at all, then it's going to be, really crazy when you actually get into the efforts. I'm curious at the heart of what you're doing in building a strategy is, is it really focused around the complexity of the decisions that are made by the buyer? Is that really what you're building your strategy around? Like what you're solving for is, you know, cause the way I think about it is like this, the decision that you need them to make to bring your company in at whatever level. Cause sometimes it can be various different ways. Um, typically there's more than one decision maker. There's maybe multiple departments that have to make decisions or be brought into the conversation. So are you solving for that complexity in your strategy or is there another kind of central goal? Um, I'd say somewhat, Um, but, and that kind of actually brings me to positioning Um, because I think positioning, communication, brand, all of that, mm-hmm. re- like really, really knowing who um, your ICP is, ideal customer profile is. Um, I mean, I think that's the, actually the first thing that you need to have nailed before mm-hmm. you even get started. And and the reason why I say that is before um, a few years back, uh, before we really nailed our positioning, before we started our ABM efforts, we would try to sell to a number of uh, buyers within an organization. So we sell at Pixels, we do uh, image retouching at scale. Um, mm-hmm. So we would we would try to sell to um, e-com directors, um, e-com managers, studio directors, studio managers. And it took us a little while to realize that it's that this decision is always made within the studio. And when we had that realization, um, that really helped us to hone in on uh, positioning, on communication, and the type of content or the type of ABM strategy that we needed to, to work okay. with. Um, so when I say sort of, it's because we know exactly who we're going after, right? Studio mm-hmm. director, studio manager, whoever is in charge of um, the photo studio. Okay. But um, we also, um, and this is, this comes in handy, especially when we do uh, run digital campaigns on, on LinkedIn, right? Um, so 
obviously for ABM um, to work, it's got to be, you've got, you're going, you're most likely going out after very large companies, very large accounts, yes. meaning that you're actually able to set up uh, campaigns um, on LinkedIn. It's only mm -hmm. targeted toward one single company and then mm -hmm. narrow that down by um, seniority, uh, role, uh, job title, all mm -hmm. of that. Um, so, so when I say that we sort of, uh, market to more than just the 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 one the decision maker it's because mm -hmm. you need 300 people in the linkedin audience um so we will reach um quite a few people within the organization within the studio maybe even maybe we even have to reach out and reach people in marketing in e-com mm -hmm. as well um so we do do that but then we have other tactics where we will make sure that it's the um, the, the decision maker that's in focus and then the decision maker we will communicate with. Right. Okay. So do, do you think about it like you build your ICP and so you have this generalized idea of who you're going after and their needs and desires and et cetera. And then you look within the ICP to see what character characteristics or character traits that this specific account you're going after um, owns or, or has so that you can tailor your messaging to them? Is that the way you approach it? Yeah, we, uh, we definitely okay. do that once in a while. I mean, we do have um, do have a few different frameworks. So we have the like the big target accounts. We also like to call them our dream 100. Those are the ones mm -hmm. that we really want to get in front of, right? Mm -hmm. We really want to use our priority accounts. For those, yeah. um, it's going to be a relatively, we, we do, we, we tend to, um, get new ones to switch those up once a quarter, right? So we may have like 10, 20 priority accounts um, that, that where we build uh, one to one ABM programs each quarter. But for mm -hmm. those, um, we will go in depth and we will learn uh, what what's their pain points? Uh, what do they care about? Um, and, and then we will build out, right now we're working on a CSR report because we know that one of our target accounts are extremely focused on CSR. And this yeah. is something that we need to have. Um, so we'll gladly build that, even though that's um, a very big undertaking. Yeah, uh, sure. but, but we know it's important for this specific account. And we also yeah. know, of course, that um, if it's not already important, I mean, it, this is something that will become more and more important for um, all the target accounts that we have as part of our target accounts, right? Um, yeah. So, So I think even though we do do um, a lot of content with just one specific account in mind. Um, all of that content is very applicable to um, the other target accounts and mm -hmm. even um, accounts that are not necessarily identified as a target account, but may come in through some inbound activities. Um, sure. So even though it's a lot of work to develop um, very customized content to certain um, accounts which is one account in mind it can be reused over and over and over um, so we definitely go out we'll do case studies um, about um, circular shopping about uh, mm -hmm. footwear um, if we are trying to close uh, one of those clients mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that it's hyper targeted toward that target account that we have in mind but again um, it, it is I don't want to say universally applicable, but sure. generally very applicable to most of the target accounts. And it is because we've done um, a very thorough job before we started uh, being hyper specific in terms of ICP. 
we don't we don't have we don't have a very broad ICP. Um, it's it's oh, very yeah. very specific. So it means that uh, the target accounts that falls within um, that ICP they have a lot in common. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you said you work on about ten every quarter. You you'll take ten ten new ones to dive deep on. Yeah. Okay. How do you guys determine whether you should go after two or twenty, or how do you determine that number? Oh, it's a good question. But uh, I mean, this is uh, so who we're going after and how many. That is something that uh, trickles down from the sales team, right? Okay. Um, so I, it really depends on. Uh, who's on the sales team? How busy are they? Um, how many accounts do they need our help on? And then, mm -hmm. of course, again, it depends on um, how we're doing on the marketing team. Um, what's the resources that we have available in terms of content, in terms of um, digital marketing, in, in in terms of event marketing, in terms of all of these things? Because um, it, so so, for example, right now we're building out that CSR report, right? That takes up. Um, quite a bit of our time, but then we'll have it available next quarter whenever there's a new target account okay, that yeah. that needs that. So it depends on if we have a lot of this available already or if we have to sort of like build it from scratch. And and that's very different from um, account to account. And it also really differs um, uh, between like how far in the sales cycle are the mm -hmm. accounts that we roll into the program. Some right. might never have heard of us. So maybe yeah. that like it, that's an awareness play. And some might be pretty far in the sales process already uh, mm -hmm. where uh, we can assist with um, content, landing pages, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it could be. Okay, yeah. And then just for the audience to break that down a little further, I, I think what you're saying is some of your sales team may have reached out to X company and made inroads over the last three months. And they've taken it the ball down the court for the most part. Now yeah. they see that the the writing's on the wall. They're, there's they're in, maybe even in the pipeline, and they want to bring you guys in to support all those efforts. So the sales cycle for that may be three months. It, yeah. But if you just if you're brought in the beginning for whatever reason, um, that that could end up being a six month or even eighteen month oh, yeah. time frame depending on the size and nature of what yeah. you're selling. That's right. And we do, like I said before, it's enterprise uh, B2B. We do have very mm -hmm. long sales cycles, um, right. unfortunately, sometimes a little too long. Um, yeah. But that's also one of the things that we try to accelerate uh, through um, APRM programs like this. And mm -hmm. I think um, one thing that I think is interesting and one thing that's a tactic or a goal of a lot of the work that we do as part of the ABM program mm -hmm. um, I think when we, I mean, we're tech marketers, right? We work in software as a service. We, we are so used to everything being very digital. We're used to jumping on um, Zoom calls, uh, booking mm -hmm. uh, meetings for Calendly, all of that. We we think about ourselves as um, very tech-minded tech and data-driven right. and all of that. But I think when we work uh, B2B, um, enterprise sales cycles, complex product, complex, like you were saying before, there might be several decision makers, can be a very long process, right? I think one thing that we sometimes tend to forget when it comes to sales um, is that good old fashioned um, relationship building, mm -hmm. um, FaceTime, trust, um, all of those things that like B2B enterprise sales is, right? Um, mm -hmm. So 
at least from a marketing perspective and, and through all of these ABM programs, one of the things that we in the marketing team, we really, really help facilitate is to get our sales reps in front of our um, ICP, in front of our target accounts, mm-hmm. um, in real life FaceTime, uh, mm-hmm. where they get to know each other, they get to um, to trust each other. Sure. And they actually get to just meet and have a conversation around something else than mm-hmm. um, retouching or studio or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? And just build that very human relationship that um, I right. think is a very, very big part of the sales process that I think we sometimes tend to forget because we get so wrapped up in the process and the tech and all the digital things that we can do that we forget that That's maybe right. the most important component of, of selling um, these <laughs> big enterprise deals is basically just trust and the relationships. Human. Yeah, yeah, it's the human behind all of it. And I've been a part of a lot of those meetings and I, I would agree 100%. It's sometimes it can be done much quicker whenever there's just someone in front of another person asking the yeah. right question, um, you know, and being forthright about what the next step is. Um, sales cycles are what they are. I mean, you can't, you can only influence it to the degree you can influence it. Yeah. Um, but I think whether it's at the end of the sales cycle or the beginning or anywhere in between, having a person in front of a person a yeah. lot of those side conversations about the weather or about the industry or about, you know, the regulation that just came down. How do you feel about that and what's happening internally? All these side conversations, they make up, you know, this sort of gray matter that helps you make decisions on um, how to reach them more intimately or more more intentionally. Absolutely. I'm looking at my notes here. And so far I have sales and marketing alignment and positioning or communication brand, you know, knowing your ICP. Um, and basically relationships is the third one that, I, that I'm, I'm writing down here is, you know, being human, making sure you're spending FaceTime, um, you know, actual in-person time. Um, where do we go next? What, what are the other components that we need to uncover? Right, and I think I would just like to take this, um like the relationships, the trust, I'll just like to take that a um, little bit further sure. just in terms of how do we actually do this? What are the tactics mm-hmm. that we use to to get the sales reps in, in front of um, our That's ICP, right. right? And build those relationships. Um, because I think, I mean, if you've ever worked in sales, you know how hard it is or how hard mm-hmm. it can be to reach out, do those cold calls um, and getting mm-hmm. um, those target accounts to agree on a demo or a meeting or just anything, right? They mm-hmm. they realize who you are and what you do. And um, it's going to be hard for you to get through if you're a sales rep, right? Uh, yes. So what, what we do, uh, Pixels, uh, we, we try to take a little bit of a different approach with that. And that's where... Um, event marketing or mm-hmm. um, experience marketing, we like to call it, comes into the picture, right? Um, mm-hmm. So um, we own, we, we host an, a series of um, owned events um, that we take on the road. Uh, we, we, we will figure out, so where do we have um, enough target accounts in a specific city um, to host an event with 100 to 150 people, uh, attendees at that event, target accounts, ICPs, decision makers, the ones that we really want to get in front of. Um, maybe the ones that the sales team has been trying to reach out to, but has not been able to get through to. Um, so we'll take a bit of a different approach, right? We'll um, Now we'll let the marketing team uh, reach out. We'll let the marketing mm-hmm. team um, reach out to the um, decision maker and say, hi, 
um, we've noticed you. Um, we're hosting this event in LA next month. Um, you have a very interesting profile. Would you like to come and be part of a panel or be a keynote speaker at the event? Mm -hmm. So we will fly them in, set them up in a nice hotel um, to strike their ego a bit, right? Um, mm -hmm. And what what happens is that we'll have um, all those um, target accounts, decision makers in that room um, at that event. It's a full day thing. Um, it's a, um, we pay a lot of attention to detail. It's it's a fun event. There's going to be mm -hmm. a welcome party the day before. It's going to be a VIP dinner the, 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 um, the day of the event. Um, and we get to spend a full day in a room uh, with um, all these target accounts uh, from within the community. We get to build that community and host that, be the hero, right? Mm -hmm. um, and our sales reps and our CSMs and our CEO, everyone, right? Well, mm -hmm. not everyone within our company, but we'll be like around 20, 25 people from Pixels there. And we'll yeah. interact with them. We'll build relationships. We'll build community um, and, and, and we'll, uh, get that face time and build those relationships and build that trust. And mm -hmm. it sounds, when I talk about it like this, uh, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds a little cold as a tactic, but it's also mm -hmm. just an amazing way to build a community and bring people together sure. and, and, and have all that human interaction, which we all really, really enjoy. Um, so that, that's one way um, we, we use uh, ABM and the marketing team to really facilitate uh, building yeah. that trust and building that relationships with the entire team and with the company, essentially. Yeah, it's not cold at all. I think you're you're leaning into a warmth. You know, you're you're building warmth with um, with context. One thing I'm thinking about is okay. Um, just for clarity, I think is when you host an event like this, are you inviting one whale to the event, or are you inviting multiple whales to an event? No, no, multiple. We'll be um, okay. somewhere between 100 and 150 attendees. Um, and it's going to be a good mix of, obviously, we're going to have Pixels people there. We'll have yes. a few of our, our partners. Yes. Uh, we'll okay. invite existing customers um, that's already um, in that city. Right. Um, and then we'll reach out and invite 10, 15 target accounts from yes. uh, within that area or even more. Um, so mm -hmm. it, it's approval only, right? Uh, so we'll get to control who, who's at the event, uh, mm -hmm. but, but it's important that it's, um, it's a community, um, yes. and, and that there's a, like a good variety with, with it at the event. Yeah. So I have this sort of diagram that I show my clients usually whenever I kick off working with them and it's a simple kind of, um, you know, at the top, it's the 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 buyer and stakeholders, influencers, you know, different people that go into making the decision. At the bottom is the brand. You know, that's where you and your company, your team, your culture. And on one side, you have your clients. Um, and then on the other side, you have your referral partners, allies, yeah. you know, people. Yeah. So if you ecosystem. look at, yeah, it's an ecosystem, you know. Yeah. And so what's cool about it is what you want to do is you want to um, engage and support all the conversations that are happening between all these parties. And the best way to do it is through an event. If you have an event, you can invite all of those people. They can all talk amongst themselves and um, great things come from it. I mean, great ideas for content comes from it. Great, you know, next steps with actual buyers come from it. Um, and, you know, the other people that are part of the ecosystem will continue and start, start and continue to sell for you. Um, so there's, there's so much that happens whenever you get people together and you are the host. 
very true. Um, and, and one of the things about our events is that we do not talk about ourselves. We mm -hmm. do not block out a one hour um, slot in the middle to just demo our product, right? We mm -hmm. don't do that. It's, it's not why we're doing this, right? Um, so what sometimes happen, and we see that in the survey is that um, especially for those companies that don't know us so well, they will actually mm -hmm. put in the survey, they'll say, hey, we'd love to see um, a demo of Pixels. We're a little bit sad that we didn't get to experience that mm -hmm. at the event, right? Um, and what better opportunity for the sales reps to go. reach out and give them the there demo. Um, they're asking for it. Um, so you've built so up enough demand in that event that they actually want what you want to give them. Exactly. So that's beautiful. Yeah. It's great. It is. It yeah. is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and you're right about uh, the ecosystem and the partners and all of that, because most of the time, right, it's not our sales reps selling at that event. It's our um, existing mm -hmm. customers. It's our partners. Mm -hmm. it, it's um, all those people that know us so well. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, it's just um, just comes together very nicely. It does. Yeah, it's such, it's such a great thing. And, you know, you can't help but birth community out of that because everyone's talking to everyone. And as long as you give them a platform to continue those conversations in some way, um, then you are doing some, you're, you're, you're putting yourself, I mean, your, your, your service has to be good. Your technology has to be good. All of the things that you're sure. selling have to be good. Cause otherwise we've all just had a great time, met a lot of people, but what's the point, right? But assuming you have yeah. a good technology and a good product, um, then you are laying the foundation for um, years and years and years of sustainable growth uh, because you are the lead, you are the host. And I love yeah. that. I love that a lot. Definitely. So, so relationships and community and events you know, as a mechanism, um, what else should they be thinking about? Is there anything else? What are the other major components that you think about when you put your framework together? Right. Um, I guess that's one thing that we should probably have touched upon a little bit earlier in the conversation. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. and that that's basically um, is ABM is that a framework or a strategy that makes a lot of sense for you um, and the business that you are running? Uh, because I I just want to stress that in order to do that right, in order to just um, have a very very narrow list of uh, target accounts that you're going after, mm -hmm. um, you need to know that those deals that you're going to close are going to be large enough to be worth it, right? Um, yeah. So if you're small business, going after small businesses, mid-market, it is a volume game, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you need volume um, to, to run your business, to grow. For us, though, I think we've realized that it's not volume, it's not the amount of customers that we have that is actually going to take us to the next level. When we started looking at our data and our numbers, um, we realized that if we want to expand this business, if we want to grow, we need to close those whales um, to actually take take us that step further. And just looking at our data um, this year, right, in, in Q1, um, fifty six percent of all our revenue came from only two percent of our customers. Mm. Um, so I think it's just important uh, to to keep that in mind that if, whether ABM is a strategy or a framework that's going to work for you, mm -hmm. um, you gotta work very large deals. Um, you gotta have um, enterprise customers. Um, yeah. If not, 
it's probably not the best strategy because you might end up wasting a lot of time um, on clients that are not actually going to bring that much revenue. So I think that's a, a sort of like a prereq, obviously, to, to even go ahead and do this. Um, it's just like something that. to keep in mind. For sure. I like it. I, I think it's, you know, it gets back to the what's the strategy for the business first? Yes. You know, the, what's the model that you guys are, because it might make sense for the trajectory that you're on, for the shareholders that are involved, for, you know, all the different parties that 2% of making up 56% is a good thing. Um, but for another business and another industry with different stakeholders, it might not be a good thing. So, you know, the business decision is important. Um, and that kind of leads me into a question I had, I think a lot of bona fide marketers that are really want to be, you know, worth their role and growing in their role, um, is how to measure success. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a, that's a business question too, no matter, you know, what the stakes are. Um, with an ABM strategy, how do you approach measuring results, you know, I guess in general, but then differently than you would another type of marketing um, plan? Right. That's a great, really good question. Um, because I, well, at least the way we work, right? Um, we, every single day, every single week, every single month, we look at, um, well, we look at MQLs, but we also look mm -hmm. at pipeline, inbound, outbound. We look at close one bookings, inbound and outbound. The, mm -hmm. what, what you need to keep in mind with um, ABM is that for all the target accounts that we have in our system, we use HubSpot. Don't have any fancy um, ABM software. It gets mm -hmm. very, very expensive. And I think you need to have um, more target accounts, bigger sales team that what we do um, mm -hmm. for that that to make sense right we work mm -hmm. well in hotspot it's it's fine but sure. what what you need to keep in mind from a, a marketing perspective because we like to go in and look at um, things like um, last touch to see was this a mql that was brought in by mm -hmm. um, marketing but for us at least what we'll do when we start an abm program is that we'll import all the target accounts into hotspot so uh, okay. there's never going to be a first touch or a last touch. Well, maybe a last touch, but it's not a first touch, right? That is brought by marketing. Mm -hmm. Everything is essentially um, going to um, be outbound because it's it all was, outbound. It was, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's right. an import. It was a sales team, right? So how, right. how do we judge that? So I think one thing that is important and same, same goes with event, actually, especially owned events. Um, the event itself is never going to be the first touch point. There's going to be... Um, maybe yeah. direct, no, no it's it going to be, be. no, exactly. There's no way it yeah. could be. It's just not possible. Right. When we, when we look right. at um, the numbers. So, um, and that's where dream data, uh, which is an attribution tool that we use comes into yeah. play. Um, okay. because we, like I've said before, we have, uh, at least we can have very long sales cycles. They can be anywhere from, um, 90 days to two years. So. Um, what I like to do in Dream Data, in Dream Data, you can go in, you can look at the um, deal or the account, and you can see every single touch point mm -hmm. um, across contacts, um, ac across um, channels, across everything, right? So we have a very nice visual yeah. representation. And then you can go in and you can um, sort on different attribution models. You can look at linear, first touch, last touch, data driven, all of that. Um, mm -hmm. So 
what what we do so we 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 also we import um lists from hubspot directly into green data so any list that has um attended an event in the mm -hmm. list name uh they will show up as a channel event we'll be able to tell that they they signed up for an event they attended an event did they uh did, did we close the deal was the deal added to pipeline mm -hmm. um was it did it become business at some point so we're actually able to go in and but for every single um um event that we're looking at we're able mm -hmm. to see um who who has uh who, who has closed uh who's still in pipeline what's the sales cycles like is it shorter longer than the other ones that didn't come to an event and it's a um, similar thing with abm right and um i think probably the beautiful thing about abm at least at the scale that we do it which is not super big or super large scale right mm -hmm. um 10 accounts each quarter or maybe a little bit more than that um we i mean we have those marked as target accounts in hubspot um we know exactly who they are uh we'll know i mean we'll know if it closes right because it has such high value and right. so 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 in that sense it's really not that difficult to track because you know who That's they right. are work on them for a while you know their pain yeah. points you know them in and out um yeah. so um they'll have a property in hubspot right their target account you'll see what tier they are um so it, it's not it's not super super complicated at least the scale that we run these programs at to know sure. whether a target account has closed or not so yeah it's very it's not completely manual but it is sort of because it's incremental because you've yeah. got at least probably three to five people always looking at that every single yeah. day i would think oh, yeah. you're you know, that's all, that's your whole work is to try to get yes. this account closed. Yes. So you don't need all the, you know, um, connections behind the scenes that bring it to light. You, you, no. you see it, it's transparent. So exactly. And then in that regard, I, I agree. Um, as you were talking, I, it, it kind of came to mind and this is a little bit off the topic of, um, of measuring success, but, um, while I do agree events are, you know, primo, they're, they're like gold for bringing everything together. What would you say is the typically like, do you have an inception point where do you want to get people to an event first or do you just want them to get to an event at some point or how, how much are events part of your strategy versus, you know, sending cold emails, getting on the phone or, you know, stalking them on LinkedIn or whatever it may be. Well, we do all of those things. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, um, I mean, I wish I was able to tell you that we want to get uh, this account uh, to an event uh, when they've reached the awareness stage and they're this and this far in the sales cycle. But um, at least the way we run things, right, uh, we'll have four of the larger events every year. Uh, this year, we've had, we, we already had one in L.A., Next one is coming up in Berlin next week. Then we'll have um, New York and London. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, since we only have four events, I mean, where that account is going to be in their life, uh, life cycle states, right? Um, I see. It's, unfortunately, it's not necessarily something we're able to control in that right. much detail. So the so events I think are pre-planned. Yeah, 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 okay. absolutely, absolutely, okay. absolutely. So, I mean, so I guess it's more a matter of actually getting them there and getting in front of them. Um, yes. and, and, and we don't, um, even if they, we just, they just closed, right. They've just become a customer. We'll definitely still want them to go there because, yes. um, uh, I mean, relationships are still mm -hmm. the most important thing, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So that, that frames it a little bit, a little bit better for me, I think is you already know you have these events coming up. Yeah. So you have these very pivotal moments that if we can get them there, then that's going to be, you know, heavy in lifting the relationship and the deal. Yeah. Um, and, and so it might actually inform where we're going to have the next event might actually inform which target accounts do we pick yes. this quarter. Yes. Then we'll pick target accounts that are in the vicinity uh, yeah, of that makes I mean, so much West sense, Coast, yeah. East Coast, Europe, so forth, right? So That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah that's great because you can really dial in resources. Um, is your team distributed um, globally? Or are you all in one place? No, no, no. We have a very global team. Marketing team at this point, we are a few people in Copenhagen, a few people in Hanoi, um, one person in Prague, one person in Palma, one person in Barcelona. Okay, um, yeah. We don't have anyone in the US at this moment because trying to run um, meetings, like weekly meetings with people in Asia, Europe, and US, that's a bitch. <laughs> That can be tough. That can be yeah. tough. You'd be working twenty four seven. Oh yeah, but we've we've got um, sales and um, CS um, obviously in um, across uh, Europe and US as well. And that's also even though our market is global. I mean, we have to really prioritize our resources, right? So um, even though we have customers all over the place, where we do our marketing and our sales efforts, that's in in EU or in Europe right. and in the US. And that's basically because that's where we have our um, CS and, and, and sales teams. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a, this is such a great breakdown, by the way. I really, really appreciate it. I think people listening to this are going to get so much value because if they're just kind of opening the door to ABM, um, this is such a great framework for them to, to understand it and, and maybe even adopt some of it. They may already be doing a lot of these things, but not thinking about them in this way, which I see yeah. the case a lot. So, you know, you know, is there anything else you want to say? Are, are, are we missing anything here for, for kind of like this high level ABM discussion? I think just very high level, just one thing I'd like to to uh, mention as well. We do work, uh, or at least we try to work a lot with uh, our LinkedIn presence, um, social selling. I think mm -hmm. that's also an amazing way of um, establishing ourselves and our sales leaders, our CS teams mm -hmm. as thought leaders um, and also building relationships and community. So that's another big component. And we obviously we use that a lot as well when it comes to um, attracting the right um, accounts to our events. Um, so that's the thought leadership, the branding, um, mm -hmm. the, the social selling part of it. So we do spend a lot of resources and a lot of time, not only posting from our um, company account, but really encouraging and helping um, entire team to be very active um, all across LinkedIn. That sounds like a great next discussion. If I could have you back, we need to dive <laughs> into that because I, I think that sort of like the content the content side that it sort of becomes a repository of content that can be utilized across the organization. I think brand is, has similarities. And if you're on LinkedIn and you, as a company and you're very intentional about how you're doing it, you're supporting all of the different people um, that are part of ABM or, or your sales team. Um, there's, it's sort of like the rising tide lifts all boats. Again, you know, you mm -hmm. all the efforts that are happening there can be dialed in for certain roles and certain accounts, but they're going to lift other people who are in, on the bubble or the outskirts of buying. Absolutely. That's great. This is, 
been such a great conversation. I, I very much appreciate it. And I, I definitely want to have you back and dive deeper into um, the social selling part of it. Um, and maybe, maybe even multiple getting into some of these other ones. I think there's so much to, this is such an exciting topic for me uh, personally, because again, like to the nature of this channel, exploring growth, like I think as an ABM uh, strategy, it's about exploration to find the the key that unlocks that account, right? So mm -hmm. it's very, you know, it's, it's very intriguing about, you know, you can use the same channels, you can use the same methods, but this is a whole different beast because it's one, you know, it's a different company than the last company. They, they all are not the same. So it kind of, you know, gives you a new sense about the same work, which can be exciting. So very true. Well, thanks again. And we will um, link your LinkedIn down below. Um, we can also link to pixels.com, um, your your company. Uh, any Anything else you want us to throw in the description? Uh, I think that's probably about it. Okay. If people want to reach you, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Definitely. Great. Thanks again. And um, we'll have to do this again. Sure. And thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. Um, I hope you're getting value out of this. Uh, if you didn't know, we have an email newsletter that follows this podcast, um, Exploring Growth Newsletter. If you go to harvardmurray.com and you click on podcast at the top, you'll see a little submission box there about a quarter of the way down. You can sign up for the email. Um, every week, I literally sit down and write my thoughts of what's going through my head at the, at the moment, you know, things that I'm dealing with with clients, um, you know, concepts that I'm learning or deployed that have worked. Um, I, I talk about everything that, it, that marketing, sales, uh, customer success, everything in between. So if that's something that you're interested in uh, reading or uh, subscribing to, definitely go there and check that out.